0: Hey everyone, this is Kira from KiraWilliamsFitness.com and today I have the pleasure of interviewing Jessica Mim. She is a yoga teacher. She's one of my personal favorite yoga teachers and she's a functional movement specialist and we are going to talk about flexibility and mobility and all of things related to flexibility and mobility. So welcome Jessica. Thank you so much for being here.
1: Hey I'm really honored to be here and I'm just excited to dive in and chat about this it's obviously a topic that's near and dear to me so yeah thanks for having me so why don't you tell everybody who's listening who you are and what you do and a little bit about yourself so i am um, i consider myself like a mover and a shaker since i was like really young so i was constantly in different sports and, um, played college volleyball, ended up, um, having a career ending injury at, um, Southern Cal had to have a tendon transplant. And that's really what transitioned me into, I guess, like the softer side of like diving deeper into yoga. And, um, I've been in the, I guess, movement industry for over 20 years now, uh, coaching, I was really big into more like personal training before I got really deep into the yoga realm. And I would consider myself now like a modern yogi, because I like to integrate a lot of functional movement into yoga asana. But um, I run the high vibration living yoga school. So I'm very passionate on blending Eastern philosophy and the ancient tradition of yoga with modern exercise science. So I think that's kind of a good Good disclaimer of of where I am and and me in a nutshell. And
0: before we dive into that into flexibility and mobility and how it's applied in yoga as well as you know other functional movement, um, you are based out of Tampa St. Pete area but for those. So where can people find you if they're not in this area? And then also if they are in the area, where can they find you and take your classes?
1: Yeah. So I'm at camp Tampa in um, South Tampa and I'm at the body electric yoga company in St. Pete. And just, you know, the the normal social media stuff, um, my social media name is, or on Instagram is high underscore vibration underscore living. And usually I'll like post anything I have, like workshops, yoga school dates, everything on there. And my website is just Excellent.
0: And that'll be in the show notes for you guys yeah. as well. So let's dive in. What are you, the words flexibility and mobility are often people find them to be interchangeable, but they're not exactly the same thing. So what are the differences?
1: Yeah, I I noticed that there is still a lot of confusion between the two, especially when it comes to the yoga world. Um, You know, flexibility is the ability of a muscle or muscle groups to lengthen passively through a range of motion. And mobility is the ability of a joint to move actively through a range of motion. So mobility also is going to be different because it takes into account the component of like motor control within the nervous system. So I would like to say that, you know, mobility is a lot more dynamic and active and flexibility is very like passive. So what would
0: be a couple of examples of that?
1: Yeah. um, I, I like to use this example for like, I think it's very easy to like implement the difference. So like if I was holding my hand or like, you know, if anyone's listening, holding their hand out in front of themselves, you took your opposite hand. And you tried to pull your thumb back with your other hand so it touches your wrist. That's an example of flexibility, right? Using your other hand to pull your thumb towards your wrist is flexibility. And that's a passive stretch. In contrast, mobility would be if I just took my hand and I was trying to get my thumb to that exact same spot towards my wrist without the help of my hand. That is showing me the true mobility of my wrist.
0: Okay, so... I, I don't know who else I was sitting there doing that actual stretch (laughs) when you you feel the
1: difference. It's like, yeah, Mm -hmm. I,
0: one thing I always tell my clients to do, I'm like, okay, Bring your knee up towards your chest. Like if you're standing up, stand on one foot, bring your other leg, like bring it up towards your chest. And you actually have had us do this in class too. Mm-hmm. Um, the to test weak
1: hip flexors.
0: Yeah. Like bring it up mm-hmm. with your other br- like pull it up with your hands. Okay, cool. Now let go. And then if your knee comes down, then you know that's that's kind of like the gap there.
1: Absolutely.
0: Um mm-hmm. And then, so what would be what's the advantage of having you know working on that mobility,
1: the active range of motion? Um, you know, I think it's valuable for like a healthy body to have um, both. Like flexibility is a component of mobility, so um, being flexible and having full joint mobility is going to significantly improve quality of life, including like reducing day-to-day pain and increasing vascular health. And if my muscles, like if I don't have the flexibility I need, there might be um, restriction or limitation as far as like my range of motion of being able to like lift my arm overhead. So with that said, if I have decreased flexibility, I'm not going to be able to have my full range of motion of my joint capsule. Like if I wanted to circle my arm around, so they, they do go hand in hand. You have to have flexibility to be able to have good joint space, range of motion. And, you know, hopefully I'm not talking in total circles and a tangent, but hopefully that answered your question.
0: And then we well, also just to kind of like take this a step further if, you know, we going back to that overhead mobility and flexibility example that you just gave, you know, I've seen a ton of people who press overhead with a dumbbell. Oh yes. And they get the dumbbell overhead, but the cost is extending the back.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Dumping into the thoracic and yep. Loading low
0: back. So there's compensation that goes on to, you know, to get people into certain positions. I imagine you probably see that quite a bit.
1: Absolutely. I mean, it's, it's one of those things where I always like to say, like, unless somebody starts to educate themselves on it, which is like, usually we don't do that until there's pain or injury. Right. So like injury tends to be the best teacher when it comes to those things, unfortunately because we have to pay attention and we have to pause. We have to see what's going on with what, whether it's our skeleton or our structure, or our movement patterns to like break it down and see where that like, you know, problem in the chain was. But um, yeah, I see that so often, you know, especially with you know, overhead movement, squat patterns, ankle mobility, it's it's just an absolute common thing. And that's why in the modern yoga world. You know, when I first started, it was very like, this is the traditional lineage and this is how you do the pose and you grab the big toe. And if you don't like it's wrong. And the more I dove deeper and deeper into just functional movement, I was like, no, this is not right. Like I'm watching everybody do this and sacrifice their body and be in pain just for an aesthetic to grab the toe. You know, it was like, why are we doing this? So I I think it just became kind of like rebelling against, you know, like this is traditional and this is what we do and, you know, be quiet and be a good student. And the more I learned, it just, I, I guess I kind of became more of like a rebel yogi in that sense, because I was like, you know, if it's, if it doesn't feel good in your body, you're breaking down and you're constantly being injured. Like, what's the point, you know? And you had asked me, kind of like what the main goal of yoga is and it has nothing to do with flexibility you know like our our asana is such a tiny itty bitty piece and the asana is the physical practice and the rest is truly like the science of the mind so forcing physical postures and pushing yourself into contortionist poses it just became something that I'm very it's not that I'm anti I'm kind of like if you're in that stage cool if that if that is what you like to do go for it but I'm I'm going to be in that realm of like I want you to leave feeling good I want you to learn about your body I want you to understand that your body is not built structurally perfect nobody is and like we're all going to look different no matter what <laughs> and yes everybody has different issues in their mobility that they're going to have to work on and I and obviously can go off on tangents really easily. So, <laughs> no, they're <laughs> once appreciated ta- once once we start talking about this subject.
0: I mean, it's obvious that you feel incredibly passionate about that, and so that's where you know those tangents I feel like tend to come from. So, I mean, I'm all for tangents, please. So then, there's the other end of the spectrum where people are really just overly flexible you know I've mm-hmm. had so many people in my life tell me I'm I don't want to come to yoga I'm not as flexible as everybody else you know people are like touching their like toes with their like their forehead and their toes and like mm-hmm, I can't mm-hmm. do that um
1: yeah.
0: is and like you know that is not you and I know like that's not what yeah I, is think, like, but-
1: I think like I think it's something I have to deal with constantly. Like, you know, every day when I tell somebody that I teach yoga, that's the first thing I hear, you know, but, um, there's a blur that has happened, especially in like our modern age here with like social media and like the beautiful pictures of contortion and Mm -hmm. yoga. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah.
1: So when we talk about yoga, yoga truly is like most people who are practicing yogis they don't even have a huge asana. And again, asana is the physical, physical postures. Most people are going to be into the pranayama, the breath work, um, moving into the meditation practices. So we have this very Western culture that loves, you know, you know, we've been trained since we were young, especially in like the athletic realm that like more is better and push to the edge. So people see the legs behind the head and the fancy pressing and all that. And like, that's just, it moves from yoga, like a purposeful um, reasoning to again, just like aesthetics and extremes and contortion. But for, for the person that doesn't really know much about yoga, that's the pictures they're going to see. They're going to assume, well, I'm never going to be good at yoga because I will never be able to put my leg behind my head. And then the more you get into functional movement, there's, there's like, I have like a lot of friends right now and their main thing they're, they're very, you know, they're on aloe moves and they have, you know, very, very respectful following, and their big thing right now is they're kind of putting it on blast. Like, why are you doing full Lotus? Why are you putting your leg behind your head? Like what is the functional purpose? Right. Mm -hmm. Because we're seeing as, as a lot of these yogis are doing the really extreme stuff, like they're getting degenerative back issues. They're wearing out their labrums and their shoulders and their hips. So like, you know, it's one of those things like, it's just kind of like, I look at like it's contortion and I look at it like an extreme athlete, like that style is not going to be for longevity of the body. Like the style of yoga that I like to teach that blends, um, like FRC and like functional range conditioning, um, is I think kind of like the new wave of yoga where teachers are really, especially in the yoga world, um, educating themselves more on understanding movement. And of course, human anatomy, which you would think like, of course you're a yoga teacher, you should know that. Right. But I've noticed a lot of yogis have a very underdeveloped, um, knowledge of anatomy and movement, but it's necessary as like a space holder in a physical class to understand that and empower people to like stay safe. Like we just want to be able to like walk upstairs, get up and down, like get on the floor get off the floor until what until we're 80 plus years old right so like that's my main goal is just to keep joint capsules healthy keep your body healthy be out of pain like be able to if you have kids go run around chase your kids your grandkids you know get yourself out of debilitating pain like that's the point not putting your leg behind your head <laughs> not the extremes but i get it it's it's intimidating and i think the longer you practice the less you'll care about that. But definitely the first, the first like couple days, months, weeks, you step into a yoga studio, like there's always gonna be someone that has an absolutely beautiful practice, but that's cool. You know, they're probably a dancer or gymnast and I guarantee you they, they have something going on if they're pushing to extreme edges, there is wear and tear that's happening there also. Whether they're strong and flexible and mobile, there's wear and tear there. It's just, you know, the human body wasn't necessarily designed to do all that crazy contortion stuff. And that's not anti-contortion. It's just like really trying to like make a point that contortion is not yoga, but Instagram will tell you otherwise. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I did have, <clears throat> it wasn't too long ago and I don't remember who it was, but someone did mention um, it's just stimulus and you know, that's, you see it in everyday life, um, mm-hmm. but you know, you also really, really see it like in the gym. Okay. So for example, you have somebody who goes in and they're like, can barely deadlift 95 pounds off the ground. Mm-hmm. And they're like, holy shit, there's this person and they can deadlift 300 pounds. Like mm-hmm. it's, but it's, it's just stimulus. That person mm-hmm. who is picking 300 pounds up off the ground, it's because they, they started at that 95 pounds, but they're, you know, over time they've gained strength and now 300 pounds is simply stimulus. So there's also that aspect of it as well. You know, like somebody might have a really deep back bend, but that's, mm-hmm. they started with, you know, not like having as much of a bend in their back, but the, over time you just, you increase the stimulus and your body goes, "Hmm, okay, I got this. What's next. So there's also, you know, like
1: that way of looking at it as
0: well, yeah, which kind of neutralizes it to ab- me.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Beautifully said. And then I'll totally play devil's advocate and be like, absolutely what you just said hundred percent. Right. Like experience and time is going to pay off. Like when you step in a room and there's someone more advanced that has been dedicating you know, way more time, of course, they're going to have more developed skills, but also the opposite, like the more, you know, back in the day, I used to be like, okay, backbending to grab my ankles. And, you know, it was just one of those things and doing all these crazy binds and half lotuses and working leg behind my head at the binds. And like, yeah, guess what? My body would be like, no, nope. Because my tendons and ligaments weren't you know, stretching like my muscles were. I was creating all this length in my muscles, but I wasn't creating length and space in other areas of my body. So I was constantly getting hurt. And it wasn't until I started learning like, oh, okay. Like if you take, and this is one of those things where of course it's like a no brainer when you say it out loud, but it's like, I still see that people don't understand this, especially a lot of yoga teachers and even movement professionals and CrossFit coaches. But like, Your bone structure is going to determine what you can do and ultimately what you'll excel at. The curvature of your spine is going to automatically determine if you're going to be a really good backbender or a really good forward folder, or Mm. if backbending is not going to be good for you at all, right? Mm So how, you know, you to some degree are going to be limited, I mean, absolutely to a degree limited to what your natural birth and bone structure was. You know, we have different stuff from like our habits of daily living and like our, you know, whatever our sedentary patterns are, our movement patterns are going to like absolutely determine our structure, what's weak, what's strong. But overall, you know, your curves, how your bones sit in your hip socket, what your hip socket was shaped like by birth, over time, the wear and tear in that hip socket is going to limit and determine what you will aesthetically look like and what shape you should take. So I kind of tell people like the pressure's off. Like instead of thinking you have to like take a deep backbend and grab your ankles, start to learn about your back. And you might actually learn like, oh, deep backbending is actually not what I need or deep forward folding is actually not going to be medicinal for me and it's going to be harmful, but that does take time and like, you know, working with movement professionals that are like qualified and understand. And, and a lot of that stuff, like, you know, let's be real. If We could have an MRI for every student that came in. Wouldn't that be wonderful? You could see everything, their bone structure, how they're, you know, humerus sits in the shoulder socket, how the femur sits in the hip socket, it it would give us so much information to actually be like, you know, this is why your rotation feels weird. Or this is why in this fold you feel limitations. It it would be wonderful. But I think, you know, understanding that gives, should give people a lot of freedom to be like, the aesthetics are nothing, like really get into like how you feel, what you need and what is medicinal. And you'll like love yoga. (laughs)
0: It's funny because I'm sitting here listening to this and I'm like, well, it sounds like she's really kind of bringing, talking about the idea of non-judgment, non-judgment towards your body. And funny, that's something that yoga teaches. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so there's, there's also that, you know, yoga like does, like you said, it's more than just the asana. It provides wisdom. Absolutely. Um. So, you know, you mentioned FRC. I want to talk about the different mo- modalities that you utilize um, as a teacher and in your own practice to help others and yourself gain flexibility as well as mobility um, like that FRC or I'm throwing out a bunch of letters. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, yeah. We, we yeah. can talk about what all these letters yeah. are. Uh
1: cars, you know, I'm
0: PNF, all that good stuff. Yeah.
1: So like, you know, PNF is great. PNF is not something that I'll necessarily really use a lot in like a group yoga class, but like when I was a chiropractic assistant, like the proprioceptive, like neuromuscular facilitation PNF, um, it's like a more advanced form, you could say, of like flexibility training. It's involving both stretching and contracting, like activation of, um, the muscle group being targeted in order to achieve, uh, maximum static flexibility. That's, you know, it's one of those things I'm not anti it. It's just not something that I really often use anymore. I did back when I was in the office, um, like assisted stretch work, but, um, I really am passionate about, uh, cars. So, um, That is, that is one thing that if anybody could put into their daily practice to just, you know, for joint health and, you know, back in the day, like before I did the functional range conditioning with um, Dr. Spina, I thought I understood CARS controlled articular rotations. And it's just a fancy terminology. Like you could just say for like literally layman terms, like if I'm just taking big sweeping circles of my arm clockwise or counterclockwise. Right. And moving to, you know, in active rotational movement at the outer limits of my like articular motion, that's basically what I'm doing. So simply put moving my joints through like my entire range of motion is a car so that you you can think of it like an oil mechanic or a car mechanic, like keeping, you know, everything is up to date and in health. That's basically what you're doing. Um, when you do these um, cars, like giving you know synovial fluid back into the joint space, creating joint health, you'll also learn when you do those where you have like restriction. And you'll feel the restriction. You'll feel limitation. And that's going to be one of the really true and tried ways that you're going to be able to actually actively work for better range of motion. So we always think flexibility for range of motion, but you know, cars for range of motion.
0: And so why is that joint mobility important to our health?
1: Um, I mean, overall, you know, improving joint mobility is going to support joint health and it's going to maintain your range of motion while aging and who does not want to feel good aging. Right. Right. If, if, you know, it's that, that simple term, like if you don't use it, you lose it. Mm -hmm. So it's like as much as you can keep, you know, all your joints in, in constant motion, like the healthier and happier are going to be. And of course, if you have, if you're doing cars and it can be for injury prevention too, but it would be, you know, smaller, smaller diameter, pain-free range of motion. If you have something that you're like rehabbing or but yeah, you'll see a lot of cars in my classes. (laughs) Yes. But, but it's not, you know, I always say, it's not like you're swinging your arm as fast as you can, or like playing the air guitar. Like it is slow, deliberate. And I mean, taking, you know, doing cars, if you, if you take an FRC class or like, um, you know, there's different teachers around the area that teach like kin stretch Like when you do a solid class on cars, I mean, you will be sweating and just like that was the hardest class I've ever taken. And all you're doing is like taking your joints in a circular range of motion, clockwise, counterclockwise. And it is, it is, you know, I always tell people like when you do it right, you'll know you're doing it right because it is tough, not painful, tough, but it feels like muscular work. Like you're going to see how like tired you are.
0: I mean, you're, you're pushing, I I've taken one of these kin stretch classes that you mentioned and you're, you're pushing, you're using your muscle muscles to get your Mm -hmm. go through. Like you said, it's controlled and it is articulated Mm -hmm. and you are, you're using your muscles to push your, to push your own body through a range of motion that is, it should be natural to your body, but over time you know, if we don't use it, we're losing it. So we're pushing ourselves to get into a position that our body is truly meant to get into. And you're right. It is hard.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And like, and, and like anything, like, you know, the, our lifestyle, our daily patterns are like sedentary patterns. Like, are you sitting all day? Are you type slunched over on a computer? Are you driving all day? Like all of that's also going to affect it. So like, you know when when as long as you were you know of course, born pretty much with like no structural deformities, like you know we our joints were moving and grooving and good when we were a baby, like you're not really seeing babies with stiff joints, right, or like movement problems. it's as we age and we build sedentary patterns and lifestyle patterns, or again, injuries that happen, of course, like who hasn't had injuries along the way, so all of that is going to like you know, I don't like to ever think of like, if you do controlled, you know, articular rotations, you're going to have the most perfect shoulder health. Like we're not perfect, you know, beings like nothing's going to be perfect. You're not going to like ever have a perfect skeleton, but finding a place where you are like out of pain and your quality of life is enhanced. Like that's what we're trying to get to. You know, I don't think perfect exists, especially in like the mobility world. It's going to be a constant balance of like strength, building, flexibility, and mobility that we're trying to obtain.
0: Now, talking about these joints, particularly hips and shoulders, you know, if we have the range of motion, we can, we can create the mobility through those joints, but stability is also incredibly important. Um, why is that important? And like, how do we gain it?
1: Yeah. I mean, stability is like defined as the ability to maintain or control joint movement or position. So without stability, like we would be a noodle, like our body would literally collapse forwards, backwards, sidewards, and everything would require so much more physical effort effort just to like sustain our upright posture or a gentle movement. And stability is, I believe like that you know, getting stability, stability to me is strength. You know, like you have to have um, the flexibility and mobility of a joint for your body to move properly. But you also have to have the proper neurodevelopmental strength to be able to hold everything in place. Like, you know, I I, I'm big on um, neurodevelopmental sequencing. Like when you were a baby, and this is how I really like nerd out and like to plan my yoga classes. But, you know, we started on our backs, right? Supine it, our moms or whatever dads would move us onto our belly for prone. And then it was like a very big milestone the day that you were able to move from your back to your belly and develop a rolling pattern back and forth, right? And then eventually we were able to develop the muscles to move into our quadruped position into our step forward into like our little low squats, you know, eventually learning to stand up and, you know, eventually learning to develop our gait pattern. So we forget how long it took for us to build neurological control and stability when we were a baby. And then a lot of times we act like it's just something we can fix overnight with like a quick fix, put a bandaid on it. But it does take, you know, I I always say it kind of, it does take um, kind of like a village of different modalities to like rebuild your strength where maybe you've neurologically gotten kind of, I like to just say like, for lack of better terms, don't, don't, you know, nobody uses, but like neurologically like turned off. Right. Mm Mm-hmm. So kind of moving into
0: a slightly different subject, since we, have I feel like we've really gotten into a lot of this information. I want to help people apply it. Um, I've worked with a lot of people who say like, I've got the tightest tips. Even I've, I've experienced Mm -hmm. this personally. Mm -hmm,
1: I've mm -hmm. got the
0: tightest tips. We sit people, we sit a lot, you know, it's what our lives have unfortunately become designed to do so much of. Um, But. A lot of times we find that the hips aren't actually tight. They're weak. Yeah. Um, but like, and this is something that I did years and years ago, my hips are tight. My hips are tight. And then I would stretch and then I would Mm go to the hottest yoga class and I'd be like in the deepest stretch ever. And then like the next day I'd be practically crippled and could barely walk. Um, how can someone
1: assess tightness versus weakness Yeah. So you, you literally said it at the very beginning of this podcast. So like, you know, one of, for example, for the hips, one of my, my favorite tests is like standing on railroad tracks, hugging your knee up towards your chest, and then, you know, using your hands to manually, manually hold, and then letting go and seeing how high your knee can stay up. Right. And to pass this test, you should be able to like maintain full height for five seconds and if you see your knee dropping, when you let go, it, it's usually going to be an indication of weakness in the hip flexors. On the other hand, like when you have tight hip flexors, a lot of stuff, you know, you'll have biofeedback. Like you'll A lot of people will have aches in their low back when standing, poor posture because hip flexors are pulling on the pelvis, difficulty standing straight up and neck tightness. And, you know, self-diagnosing is something that like, you know self-diagnosing to agree. There's like little tools, like that little test you can do, but that's where I always say, like, go to a professional. You don't, you don't need to self-diagnose. Like the more you study and learn cool. But if there is a movement specialist in your area, if there is a, um, you know, I, I'm not big on like the, uh, for lack of better terms, like the ambulance style chasing chiropractors, but there are a lot of really good functional movement specialist, chiropractors in the Tampa Bay area that are like heavily rooted as like movement specialists. And like, those are the people that will put you through movement screenings, work with you, go through all different movement tests and scans in the body. um, So that you can actually understand like your movement patterns, your squat pattern, your split stance pattern, you know, your, how's your overhead mobility, you know, how's your rotary stability, And I, that's what I, you know, if if you're able to invest in yourself, if you love movement, go find a movement specialist and they'll be the ones that can put you through the tests instead of kind of guessing. Cause I did the same thing for years. I was like, my hips are tight. My hips are tight. And then I was like, you know, two, two kind of different things. So I was like, okay, my hips aren't tight. They're weak. And then I was like, oh, my hips aren't tight. This is how my bones sit in my hip socket. So it doesn't matter what I do when I sit on the ground with my legs in butterfly to some degree, I have some muscles pulling that's lifting my knees, but how my leg bones sit in my hip socket, they're never going to fully rest on the ground. Like other people, I don't have as much space in my hip socket for my thigh bones to rotate down. So it's not, you know, that's where, that's where like, it just sometimes is better than to self diagnose it's better to get a movement specialist so that you can really start to figure out those things.
0: Yeah. And then overall, how do you, you suggest someone balance increasing their strength while also maintaining good range of motion, not becoming, you know, like you think about like bodybuilders, like with like, yeah. Yeah bread and like their arms are out, like way out by their sides. Like <laughs> obviously I don't, that's a very, that's a very like, well, it's story. just, okay. But how do we, yeah. And, and I mean, I, and I
1: yeah. And I can stereotype the Yogi. That's like the little noodle that can, yeah. you know, put their leg behind their head and do all this stuff, but then they don't have stability in their body to support themselves and they are going to get hurt. They're popping ribs out. They're constantly in low back pain. You know, I, this is one of those things where there's no right, um, you know, RX prescription for everybody, yeah. you know, it's going to be, it's, there's no one size fits all. So like, you know, the, the big bodybuilder with lat syndrome is not going to be the little yogi that needs to develop lats. So it's like, I'm a big believer just in, in, you know, if you're only lifting weights, You are only bodybuilding. You're not doing any myofascial release. You're not doing structural work. You're not doing flexibility or mobility work. Like, yes, there is a large area in the movement realm that you are missing out of. And if you don't have range of motion and you don't have the flexibility to keep the range of motion, you are going to put yourself in compromising positions with heavy weight above your head. And there's going to be injury that could happen potentially. When you're a little yogi, that's, you know, super, super Gumby and you don't have the strength to protect and the nervous system, right. To protect the movements you're doing again, same thing. You're going to get hurt. So like, I just try to get everybody, whether you're a yogi, like implement strength work, you have to have strength work, implement, you know, maya release. If you need it, if you're the bodybuilder, like you don't have to like yoga, go to an FRC class, go to a mobility class. There are classes now that are like, you know, for Western minds, it's not yoga, it's stretching, right? We we all know that if you asked a traditional yogi, you know, like, I'm not flexible, I want to stretch a traditional yogi, including me would be like, oh, well, yoga is not about stretching. You know, the asana class, the physical class, like we do, you know, we lengthen the muscles, we stretch their strength and all that. But with that said, you know, it's not just about stretching. You're going to have to, just like you would with like food, vitamin D and sunlight and sleep, find what that pattern is for you. And it would be really cool if someone could just be like, Hey, Jessica, do this, 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 and this, and you're going to be great. But there is a learning curve and there's, there's times where I'm heavy, heavy into like lifting. And then there's times where it's like, I can feel that I need more, more of my like mobility and flexibility practice, you know? So I think it's just as long as you're combining all of them and, you know, awareness is key, self-aware, experiencing what, you know, if your body is constantly breaking down, you're, you're not in a good ratio. I mean, that's a good rule of thumb when you're feeling you're sleeping well, you're energized, you're, you know, Relatively pain free, like that's where I'm like, your body's in homeostasis. Like, you're you have a good, I guess, ratio of mobility and strength, and all of those things.
0: And the key, yet again, is balance, just Mm -hmm. moderation of everything. Mm -hmm. That's and that's tough, right? That's like my number one thing that I always preach to everybody though, is moderation and balance.
1: Absolutely.
0: It applies to this too. Well, wow. Thank you so much for doing this. Um, this has been really, really informative for me and I'm sure as every you know, everybody listening feels the same. Um, so you guys listening, if, you are in Tampa, the Tampa Bay area you have to come to one of Jessica's classes. She's amazing. Um, so you guys can find her at, um, what was your
1: Instagram once more? Yeah, it's, it's, um, high H I G H underscore vibration underscore living. And yeah, that is like the name of my yoga school. So high vibration living. And then my email or excuse me, my website is yeah. And yeah, so, I would love to see if anybody listened to this. Come take a yoga class and say hi. Yay. And we can nerd out and talk about movement. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you so much for being on. I really
0: of appreciate it. Of course, my love. Of course. Of uh, course. Thank you guys all for
1: listening. And I hope to see you too, too soon, honey, back on the yoga mat. Oh yes, I will be there. <laughs> all right. Take care. Bye. Bye, darling.